This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. The Verizon iPhone is finally here. Who the hell's Verizon? MyMac Podcast 328. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 328 of a show that sometimes just will, won't get on the track. <laughs> this is, uh, you know, it was just, just before we started recording, we found that, that Skype was giving us just a slight, a slight latency problem. Now, now typically when you talk about latency in audio, you're talking in milliseconds, you know, like at, at most a quarter of a second. Guy, can, can we just say, just if there's anybody out there that doesn't use Skype and, and don't really do much in the way of audio, latency is basically a delay. Yeah. So when, so when Guy says something to me, I hear him and I respond, but he doesn't hear me back in, <laughs> say, in, a, in a timely manner. <laughs> yeah. In this case, it was about three seconds. <laughs> and I wondered why you weren't responding to what I was saying. <laughs> no, it's just because I was so angry with you. So very, very angry. <laughs> Oh, okay, this show, and and I'm going to apologize off the bat because this is probably going to end up to be another one of those long shows. Okay, um, okay so so pa- pause pause the show, folks. Go out, make yourself a cup of tea, yep. and, and sit down. And we'll wait for you. So, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's wait, guys. Shall we? Okay. Dun, I think, dun, I think, yeah, I think, I think they're, they're back, back now. I think, okay. I think they're back. Yeah. Good. Good. Very good. Um, <laughs> there is so much going on. We've got we've got the Mac App Store to talk about. We've got. The announcement today about the, the Verizon iPhone, and f- for once, for once, they actually made an announcement before we started to do the podcast. You know, <laughs> usually the last—it just seems like the last couple of big announcements—it's been on like a Thursday or a Wednesday, and it's like, yeah, come on, you know, yeah, we do the show on a Tuesday. What's wrong with guy, you, people? guy? Guy, calm yeah. down. It wasn't. It wasn't Apple making the announcement. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I'll blame Verizon. <laughs> Don't use their damn phones anyway. Oh plus, wait, hold plus on. You put something about iTunes being ten years old as well. I mean, there's tons of stuff going on. Here, I know. I, well, actually, yeah, that's very true. Um, this week is the the tenth anniversary of iTunes. You know, as a program, you know, they didn't have the iTunes Store ten years ago. But the, the the first release of iTunes by Apple, right? So that was two thousand and one. Then, yeah, yeah, it was, I think it was just before nine eleven. Um, but that's not what this show is about. We've got, we've got <laughs> that, that came out of the blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just you know, I just when I read that that iTunes was ten years old, I figured, well, we really should say something about it on the show, okay. and we've done so, so we can take that little our pencils out and just write. Check. Tick. Yep, Tick. that's done. Um, we're we're God. Let's just go ahead and get into the my Mac stuff before I yes, lose my please. mind. Yes, um, starting off with a review by Rich Lefko on the perfect harmony for iPad. Uh, it's a um, actually it's two pieces. It's a keyboard, Bluetooth keyboard, and a I guess you could call it like an iPad stand. 
And, you know, it looks kind of cool, but I, I'm not really happy with the And I guess some people have been waiting for a full-size keyboard, and this one kind of folds in half. But it just seems like it's kind of big. Yeah, if for for the times that you would you would want to use it, just it just seems kind of big. But the the riser, on the other hand, kind of folds flat, which is nice and will hold it. And Russ liked them both. He gave uh, he gave the keyboard an eight out of ten, and he gave the stand a ten out of ten, which is isn't something you see very often. Yeah, the next item on the website is a micorder. I, you know, I've got to say, Guy, I am getting a little bit fed up with the way people are trying to use the I in the naming convention with the capital yeah. letter after the I. But anyway, anyway, that aside, um, this is the MyCorder Digital MP3 Recorder. Um, it's uh, John Nemo uh, has uh, reviewed this. Um, he said that it's, it, I'm quite surprised at the span of pricing here it's between 60 to 80 dollars online um and it says if you are an ipod or iphone uh snob stop reading now and get back to your favorite ta- time wasting toy <laughs> but if you want to le- but if you want to learn about a promising new audio recording device keep reading and that's exactly what it does it's a little audio recording device now <sighs> it, it, i'm not sure where i'd, I'd need this I'm not sure where I'd use it. Um, it's It's got a little LCD screen on it, um, and John gives it a 7 out of 10. So, I'm, I, you know, if I'm going to record stuff, then I'm going to do it either properly or I'm going to use what device I've got with me. And if you've got one of the newer iPhones or iPod Touches, then you're probably going to use that. And if you want to record audio in a decent manner, then reading through this, I've, I'm not really sure whether you'd actually go for this. But if you just want a device that you haven't got at the moment for doing audio recording, then take a look at John's review of the MyCorder digital MP3 recorder. Yep. And next up is another review of the Fujitsu SnapScan S1100 by Elisa. You say Pacelli and I say Pacelli. And she... Um, she kind of liked it. it it's one of these like really really small scanners you just kind of slip the paper in and and moves it up and she gave it a pretty good review eight out of ten yeah and the next the next review on the website is an eye that this is taking oh, it another to, one listen yeah but this is taking it to the nth degree it's an i b six nine six nine so it's not even a name <laughs> Wait, how would you pronounce that it i it nine six nine I did this Anyway, <laughs> Russ Volkovich has done a review uh, of this charging station, and um, it's basically a little charging station which charges all of your devices. It's about $50, and it's quite a long review, so go over and take a look, and it does get a good 9 out of 10. So if you want a uh, charging station... Uh, for your all all of your iHome stuff, you see, I'm doing it now. Then take <laughs> oh, a look at the oh, I. I are you? I am me. I am I. Me. <laughs> I anyway, am me. Let's move on before I embarrass myself. Even okay. More. Uh, the, the next one up is a uh, is a new tech fan podcast number thirteen by uh, Tim and David, where they talk about CES and the Mac App Store. And I've listened to this, and it's a good listen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next item is a oh, it's a long-winded, boring read, and you really—I mean, just pass over. Yeah, it. I would too. 
It's, <laughs> it's Apple's Mac App Store, a first look from a skewed perspective. And that's by you, Guy. Yeah, well, I, you know, I've, I've started off doing, you know, working with MyMac.com as a writer. And it, it yeah. really is my first love, and I, and I love to write, but I just haven't been able to do it that much. Well, you've got quite a lot of words down in that article, so uh, I, you know, <laughs> ignore me, folks. Go over and take a look. Yeah, yeah. Um, the next one up is uh, an article by Tim Robertson, also about the Mac App Store. The Mac App Store, finally, by Tim <laughs> Robertson. Yeah. Um, next on the uh, review, well, this section of the reviews is the, um, I'm not sure whether I'm going to say this right, Abba, 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 Tate? I think it's, uh, uh, Abba, Abba, yeah, you got my tongue is all tied up. Albatat. Albatat News, there. You say Albatat, and I say Albatat. News 2.0. Susie Gilbert, or is that, is that, now is that right? Because I'm going to get told off for saying Susie's name wrong. Well, it's either Susie or Suze. I'm not, and she's supposed to. I'd never say somebody, I'd never walk up to somebody and say Suze. So I'm going to say Susie, and she can tell me if I'm wrong, and she can slap my wrist. Anyway, by Susie Gilbert, it's a review of, well, I'm not really sure what this is because I think it's software. (laughs) Well, Um, I I had actually talked about this program. I was before I thought I recognized the name of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, basically, you take your video, you you drop it into this program, and it will create music for you know for the video and and some of the cool stuff you can do. You can set like certain parts of the music to come on depending on what colors are on the screen, things along that line. Um, the only problem. Now, I'm going to ask you a question then, because I know that it's sure. got lots of royalty-free music in there. Can you yes. put your own music in and for it to add? Uh, n- not really, because it's taking the 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 files, the music files that it has, and stretching it out or reducing it in length depending on how long your video is. So you always have music that's exactly the length that you want it. Okay. Well, well, Susie gives it an eight out of ten, so it's that's quite a good score. Yep. Uh, next up is another review by Donnie Yankelo of Sketch, which is uh, a drawing program similar to like Adobe's Illustrator, but much more affordable at about $40. Uh, yeah, the, Donnie, important thing, the, the important thing on this one is it's a vector drawing yes. application. Well, so is Illustrator. Uh, sorry, yes, yes, um, but it's an, it's an important point for people who think, well, why do I need a drawing program? Well, that's true, that's true. Uh, Donnie said there were some problems with it. He only gave it a six out of ten, but for forty bucks, you know, you're yeah. you're still getting off much cheaper than you would with Illustrator. Absolutely. Um, now the last reviews on the website is the perfect harmony for the iPad. Oh, wait a um, second! I screwed up. Go on. I already did that one. Did you? Yeah, at the very beginning. But I missed. This is the one I missed. And so you mi- so you actually missed the. Uh, no, you did the. You did the. Did you not do the shoulder bag? No, I didn't. I started off. <laughs> I started off with the perfect harmony. Look, this this show is going to be long enough. <laughs> I know. I do. I'm so. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I'll just throw this out real quick. It's the micro extra small iPad shoulder bag review. By Russ Walkowicz. Now, he did one similar to this last week, and it's an iPad case and shoulder bag. And, you know, 
I'm not really sure what else you can say about it. It's got some other pockets that you can throw your stuff in. Uh, Russ thought that this thing was great. Gave it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, cool. Now, the, the, the funny thing with all of that is it just goes to show you how much I was listening to you at the start. Yeah, well, apparently you weren't listening to it at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, there's plenty of stuff over at the MyMac.com website, as usual, and yep. it's, there's a good variety of stuff over there. And we're, we've got some listener feedback, and we have to get through this this really quick. This is really going to be a jam-packed show. Um, hmm. I got an email from Tracy uh, through feedback at MyMac.com, and she was asking me about the procedure to do a nuke and pave. And she says she has some issues that she, she didn't really specify that she thinks a nuke, a nuke and pave would fix. Okay. Now, if if your problem is is software, yes, a new pave will solve that problem because it it will no longer exist on your hard drive whatsoever, along with everything else. Um, real quick, if you're going to do a new pave, the things you need to remember is number one, do a complete backup of the software and and files and everything else that you have on a separate drive apart from the drive that's in your machine. After you have made that backup... Can I jump in there? I know it's going to make it longer, Guy. No, go can ahead. Can I jump in? Yeah. It, actually, you want to do as many backups as you can and preferably test those backups as well. Yeah, so, well, that, yeah that's what know, I was going to say. I was going to say, if you, boot, if up, you, boot if, up from the external drive that yeah, you did that backup from. What you really want to do from. is a backup and also possibly a clone um of your drive that's yeah I, I, you know and do it more than on more than one if you if you can i mean if you yeah, can't not okay. everybody has multiple external that's drives that's true that's true um, but um, i mean both the carbon copy cloner and super duper will actually do a clone t- uh, to a usb connection so don't yes. worry about having you know a, you know a firewire connected hard drive a usb connected hard drive you can clone but get those backups definitely Yes, yeah, and do do it at the very least one complete backup on an external drive apart from the machine and, that your drive is in. And, and check it. And test it, yes. Go ahead and reboot your machine holding down the option key, and your Mac will come up and show you both the, the drive that you currently have, assuming that you're able to back you're able to start from that drive, you know, that the problem isn't related to that. And You'll also have the option to boot from the the clone backup that you yep. just made. Boot from the clone backup. Make sure that everything that you are going to want after you do the nuke and pave is there. Yep. Okay. After you've done that, go ahead, go into Disk Utilities. Actually, no, let me start this over no. again. Yeah. Yeah. Get your... Get your um, your OS ten disk that you originally got with your machine or the one that you've bought since. So, so let, let let me rephrase this as a step by get once you've checked that backup, obviously you disconnect it. So you you, yes. you restart your machine, but disconnect that drive so it's not anywhere on the machine when you start this next process. Yes, and then boot up boot up from your OS ten system disk. One of the things that you'll be able to do from that disk is go into Disk Utilities. And, and sorry to stop you again, but you do exactly the same thing. You hold your option key down yes. with your disk in, um, because obviously you'll need to put your disk in before you've, you've gone down. But, I mean, it, it's – so if you if you haven't got your disk in when you're doing a, a, a boot up, you'll need to start your machine, put your disk in, and then do a restart. Hold your option key down, and you'll get the same – 
um, your same option to either boot from the hard drive or from the disk. Right, and then boot from boot from your OS X system disk. Yep. Once the machine is booted up, go into utilities, disk utilities, wipe the drive clean, rename it, whatever the heck it is you want to do it, make sure that there's no other hardware problems with it from within disk utility. Then you're going to want to install OS X back over again. Once OS X, I'm going as fast as I can here, Gaz, I swear to God. Once OS X is reinstalled on that machine, reboot from your internal drive, go to system updates, get all the updates that you need for the OS. So the only thing you've got on this machine is the OS. Once it's updated, it's good to go. No other updates to go with it. Connect back up your backup hard drive. Well, there's two. There's two things to do here. You got. You got. Two, well, you got more than two options. But the two easiest. Op- well, not easiest options. God, what am I saying? <laughs> the two options that I'd probably go for are: you either install your app separately, as long as you've obviously got all of the license keys as well. Yeah. Or, or you can go into uh, your utilities folder. And well, now, what's it called? Is it remote? Is it assist? Now, what's it called? Let me have a look. Let well, the first time, the first time you boot up after you've installed the OS, it'll ask you if you want to. That's true. If you want to migrate, yeah, migration migrate. assistant. That's it. That's yeah. It. Uh, but but I'm assuming to, I'm assuming she doesn't want to do that because she she probably has some kind of problem with the software that's that she just nuked and paved that was on the the other drive. So yeah, you see, that's that that's that's where you get a problem. In so much as it, if you've got the time, and who has these days? But if you've got <laughs> the time, install one application at a time. Yes, along and, and, yeah, and then make sure that that you know put in your your license and and all the other happy stuff that the application is going to require to operate properly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. This really goes back to trying to find out what the problem is in the first place. But if you if you determined to go down, and you know, if you're happy that you haven't got many apps and you haven't got any much in the way of data, and you can get yourself restored up pretty quickly, a new compave is a. Um, I do. I don't like that term. I don't know why I use it. I don't like that term. Um, but that you know, that's a way to go to make sure you're absolutely clean. But if you've got lots of applications and lots of data, uh, and lots of information and lots of preferences changes. You know, doing it this way can be fairly tiresome, a fairly tiresome process. And very, very time-consuming. Yes. So, yes. Uh, Tracy, you didn't say what your problem was with your machine. Um, like I said, I assumed that it was something to do with, with what you already had on the drive as compared to a hardware problem. Yeah. So, But those are basically the steps that you need to do to do a nuke and pave reinstall all of your applications whatever data that you have generated from those applications that you backed up on the external drive bring those back over and basically you're going to have to go and check each and every single one of those documents or you know whatever content you generated using those programs to make sure everything is working properly so you know if you can avoid doing a nuke and pave this is where Guy find you know trying to accurately dis- describe what the problem is with your machine, and also having a little bit of 
help by going into terminal and the console to see what messages you're getting in the error stages, that's where it can help because that console can help at no end. Yeah, if you know how to use it. Yeah, and that's where, you know, you know, having someone who can perhaps just, you know, give you a bit of guidance. But yeah. that's where asking the question and perhaps even Googling um, or doing a search for the problem that you think you've got, you know, can point you in the right direction. Yeah, so Tracy, why don't you send us back, you know, before you do this, why don't you send us, you know, send us another email at feedback at mymac.com or guy, guy or gaz at mymac.com and tell us exactly what the problem was and maybe we can help you and you won't have to go through this because it's not something you want to do lightly. No, no. It, and it's sometimes, I'm not saying in this case is that, you know, going to be the same, but sometimes it can be as easy as just killing off a couple of preference panes and preference yeah. Um, files. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway. Uh, next up, we want to mention that uh, Allison Sheridan of the NoSilicast was mentioned by the LA Times. And the only reason why I'm bringing this up is she was talking about how the, her tagline, which is a technology podcast with an ever so slight Macintosh bias, was mentioned in the article. And I thought that was funny. And also, you know, she's coming up on her 300th show. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to send her a little congrats, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, she was nice enough to send us one. So. We will. <laughs> and before this goes on too much longer, oh, there by was, the way, yeah. by the way, you you did that ever so really far too well for my liking. <laughs> I can't help it. it. I think it's it's something that's latent in me. But let's not even go there. Um, we also got an email. What are you talking about latency again? <laughs> I will. I'm sorry. What? Hello? Are you there? <laughs> We got we got another email from Katia asking about Spanish dictation software for the Mac, and I, I googled it. I could not find anything for the Mac except for some stuff for Windows. Uh, there's a program called Mac Speech that does this for other programs, or sorry, for other languages, but not Spanish. And and I sent them a letter asking them, you know, what you know, what was what was their deal. And the the what I got from them, and I'm going to have to find it. Here it is. Uh, Hi, guy. Currently, dictate, which is you know this Mac speech dictate, uh, is in English, French, and German only. I know other language editions have been under discussion, but I don't have anything to announce to you at this time. Unfortunately, the percentage of Mac users in the Latin world is very small in comparison to PC users, so Spanish was not put on the fast track for development. I hope that helps. And no. <laughs> Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it it tells us what you're doing, but it doesn't help. Yeah. No. Um, they... Now that surprises me, con considering you know, Macs and Apples are so prevalent over on the the West Coast there, and and down quite far south, and the amount of Spanish pe uh, speaking yeah, people. Yeah, you, you'd think that there would be something, no, but there's there's nothing. I I couldn't mm -hmm. find anything. So mm -hmm. until Dragon dictates, Max Speech dictate, Max. Mac Speech Dictate International releases a Spanish version, Katia. I'm very sorry. Your only other option at this point, if, if this is something you need, is either is going to be either to get another computer that runs Windows or put Windows on your iMac. And you know, very quickly, see, the the two the, main ways of doing that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, this is, I was just going to say that, that this is where your decision of how much you're going to use the application and whether you can use it as a standalone app. And by that, I mean, 
<clears throat> in your day-to-day process of using it, do you need to switch back and forward forward from oh, using yeah. this to doing your normal day to day? Because I I did I tried this on the, the uh, Mac that I had once before, the iMac that I had before. And I did a boot camp, which is, you know, one way of installing Windows, but you have to shut down your computer, restart your computer and tell the computer you want to boot into Windows. Uh, but I also did a VMware option. Of yeah, VMware installing- Fusion. Yeah, of using uh, uh, there's parallels as well. Yes, um, there's also a free option, but it did. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go there. Yeah, yeah you perhaps don't want to go there. Yeah, so. and I, I would <laughs> but, say but, chances are your 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 main your your main option here is going to be boot camp, and I'll tell you why. These kinds of dictate programs require a yes. lot of processing power, and you're not going to get very good performance using either VMware or Parallels and well, it all depends trying on the to power use... of a Mac, of course. Well, yeah, I suppose. I mean, there's no re- even if you install uh bootcamp and then Windows into bootcamp, you can still use VMware or Parallels looking at that partition and start it up that way. So you can you know, I would go ahead install Windows via bootcamp if you're going to do this and then try it out using VMware into the bootcamp partition to see how well that works. And if it doesn't work that well, then the only thing you can do at that point is just restart into windows via bootcamp. Yeah. And not good, not a good option really, unfortunately. No, no, no. And very, very quickly because we are so over our time. It's, it's not even funny. Uh, there is a, uh, and probably an announcement probably next week that there's some, uh, new, like we're gonna have to come up with some kind of contest because we've got some some stuff to give away that we've just been told about, and we can't tell you because the the announcement from this particular company hasn't yet been made. But there is some cool stuff coming down the pike from mymac.com to give to you guys for free. I'm excited. I am I'm so excited. And all we have to do is figure out how we're how we're gonna get them to. Uh, to apply for it. I, I have oh, that's, no dead, idea. that's dead easy. That's dead easy. Send me a million dollars and then I'll put you in the prize draw. Wow. That's no. a great idea. <laughs> I like that. That works for me. Uh, good. I'm not giving you any. <laughs> oh man. Okay. <laughs> oh, everybody. Man. We're, we're so over here. Uh, everyone, please stand by to stand by and we'll be right back. Desperate and broken The sound of a fight Father has spoken Hey, my Mac listeners, Sam Levin here with App Minute. If you want the latest and greatest of app news information about cool things regarding apps, That means anything application-related, software, hardware peripherals, iPhone, iPod Touch, iPad, Android, you name it. you got to listen to App Minute. Check out AppMinute.com, one of the many, many cool, cool shows of the MyMac family. All right, thanks a lot from Sam Levin of AppMinute.com. If you're a fan of Apple's iOS devices, such as the iPhone, iPod Touch, iPad, and even the Apple TV, 
please listen to my new podcast called The Pocket Size Podcast. It's available on MyMac.com and, well, even iTunes if you search really, really hard. Anyway, it stars myself, Scott, and my co-host, Peter. And don't forget about me, your loyal and faithful Macintosh computer. You were going to mention me, weren't you? Uh, sure. Pocket Size Podcast is a MyMac.com podcast. Find it at MyMac.com. Thank you for listening. We won't forget you, the little people. You do know that if I could record and edit this entire podcast on my iPhone, I would do it, right? Ouch. That hurts. I'm going into sleep mode now. best podcast you'll ever hear is the one you're listening to right now the g-men on the mymac.com podcast and welcome back guy how's yeah. garage band happening? oh 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 you just had to go there well, so, fa- so far, so far, so good. Um, oh, well. it, ha- it has not crashed tonight. Uh, I, I took now <laughs> for, for anyone that's that tale of woe of my- <laughs> this is freaking bizarre. You know, just just as we started to talk about the problems I had with GarageBand and the disc too slow errors, it happened right then, just like thirty <laughs> seconds ago. I couldn't. And yeah. Gas is like, "Are you?" kidding me it's like no yeah, i was i was <laughs> yeah you know what gaz send me um send me that file right yeah. where it happened and i <laughs> i will i will include it just to prove that that i'm not kidding here i'll include it at the end of the show along with okay. my usual um yeah. limerick that i that i that i do uh, that's that, that that's the six hour show that we're trying to do at the moment is it? oh the- good god anyway something happened this week was oh, a couple things week? happened. Well, yeah, actually, uh, the first week? one we're going to talk week, about was it? was last week. Uh, mm. the, the the Mac App Store opened. Uh, have you had a chance to kind of screw around with it a bit? Mm-hmm. What do you think? <laughs> I don't like it. You don't like it? I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding. Now, let, let me let me put that into some sort of context. Okay. <clears throat> I like the. Um, the yeah, pr- yeah. I like the prices. Yeah, <laughs> let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I don't like the interaction with it. Now, it's very much like the iOS app store, which you know you go into when you're on your iPad or on your iPhone. Yeah. And somehow it feels so totally wrong when I have to start the application up to get those ma- to get the apps uh, on my Mac. It just doesn't, at this point in time, it just feels so wrong. And I've, I've likened it to being a leech on my system. <laughs> now, that's not because it's taking any resources. You know, and I'm, when I talk about resources, I mean CPU and uh, memory. Right. But it, it's, it's like a leech on my time because you open it up and you find yourself doing a search and then a further search and then doing a bit of reading and a bit of further reading. And then, <laughs> and then you find something and you think, ah. Oh, I wasn't ever going to buy that, but do you know? Look at that price. Yeah, look at that price. But (laughs) but it's it's like it's like a fiver here, ten pounds there. 
Yeah. 17 pounds here. And all of a sudden, I've spent twice as much as I would have done on one app in the first place. So, you know, <laughs> okay, but doesn't this come back down to, this is not the application's fault. This is <laughs> your fault for not having any responsibility and being able to control yourself. Now, Oh, actually, I, I have. I have controlled myself. But that's how it's feel. I don't, I don't like the feel of the interaction within the App Store. Great app. Great um, concept. Apps, great concept inside. But I personally don't like the way it kind of interacts. The, the process of buying apps, uh, being able to update apps, being able to search for apps, and then being able to use those apps on your other machines... Um, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a get round, which I've, I haven't done yet, but I thought this could be a bit of a get round for people. And it's a bit of a cheat and you could call it piracy, but I'm, I don't know. Anyway, I'll come to that in a minute. All of that process, absolutely fantastic. You know, considering it's a first, you know, out there product, yeah. you know, almost a beta product, it's so stable and it seems to work really well now when i'm looking for apps and tunes and movies and tv shows in the in the itunes store it doesn't feel as much as a what i deemed it to be a leech you know i called it a leech which is probably quite unfair um but it when i'm looking through the itunes store it doesn't feel like that but it, it just feels as if you know it's just grabbing me with its little fingers and it's pulling me in and i we, but, you but want what, this. You really yes, want yeah, yeah, this. That's right. And I, I just, I'm just not enjoying the environment when I'm in there. I keep opening it and I keep going in and I'm sure I'll get used to it. But that's, that's, you know, there's lots of other things which, you know, you can say about it. And, so it's uh, a time, for you, it's like a time suck. It's a time suck and it's, you know, I can see it as being a money Wallet suck. Wallet suck. You know, I, you know, I, <laughs> I can already put, see myself putting lots of favourites on. You know, I've got to buy this and I've got to buy that. And there are lots of things that I, you know, want to buy. But that's, you know, that's if you've got the money, you pay and you get it. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But it just, I don't know. It just feels as if it's there going, yeah, come on, little boy, come here. <laughs> well, I, um, I, on the other hand, I, I really like this store. I, I think it, it, it's easy to find the things that you're looking for, assuming that they're actually in the store. Um, right now, they're at about 1,000 applications. That's That, of course, is going to expand greatly as time goes on. I, I, I could picture this as having over 10,000 applications before the end of the year. Easy. Possibly, yes, possibly. You want to make a bet? No. No? <laughs> I, w I would say you're right there. I, you know, if, if it's got, you know. It's got legs. It's got big legs. <sighs> you see, for me, Guy, if, if I want to say it could have 25,000 in there. However, if it has, that's almost too many. Well, I, I, it's kind of the you know, one thing that, that, the, the App Store does that iTunes does as well is it really categorizes very well. You know, you can sit there, oh, I want an audio app or I want a video app or I want to see games or I want to see what's just come out. I want to see what's really pop. You know, all the, the, the basic criteria for what it is that you want to search for apps is already in here. It, it just really just kind of needs to be populated. Um, yeah, I, I, dis I disagree a little bit there because... 
you know, it, it's got on the front page, you know, new and noteworthy. Yeah. Well, you know, new and noteworthy. <laughs> it doesn't Angry mean Bird much right on. now. <laughs> no, it doesn't mean much. But the thing is, it says new and noteworthy. Angry Birds is on there. And that's been on the same section, you know, for a long time. And I keep thinking... Well, it's not new anymore, and it wasn't new anyway. Um, you know, give me give me an option to search for you know just released. Um, so I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on the categories and the searching because I, you know, if you start getting two, three, four, and up to ten thousand apps in there, uh, you know that search really has got to be I, a I little think, more laser focused. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that will be so quite so good when you're getting you know above 5,000 apps in there well you, uh, you could be right uh, but one of the other things I like about it is it makes it very very easy to install programs that I've bought yes, onto yes. multiple Macintoshes you know it, yes. essentially whatever you buy in the Mac App Store you know when, when you buy iLife or when you buy iWork you have a choice between a single user license and what they call the family pack, which is a five-user license. Not that that's really meant anything. I mean, you could you could get the the single-user license of either one of those and install it on as many Macs as you want. Um, but this is kind of pushing that concept to other developers as well. So if you buy, uh, I'll tell you right now, I bought uh, a game called Chopper Two, which I really really dug on both the iPhone and the iPad, and well, you spent out there, didn't you, guy? Yeah, it's not showing me how much I paid for it here. Ninety nine cents. I okay, bet. No, uh, I don't know because all it shows on the front page here is that it's installed. Yes, I know. Yeah. So, but then I went ahead and I, and I went to my laptop, and with now when I did this on the first day, I was getting this this weird error one hundred, and it wouldn't do it. <laughs> I did hear about that. Yeah, I heard yeah. a few people getting that. Yeah. yeah, but by the next day, it sorted. It got sorted out. Yeah. So anything I buy on my iMac or anything I buy on my laptop, I can turn around and go to either of those machines and install them there as well. Or I could go to my, my wife's laptop or I could go to my kids' okay. Mac Minis. Okay. Do, you, do you want me to be really impressed with that process? Sure. How about if... You download an application like a game, or you know this could be on anything. Mm -hmm. um, but you you install that application on one of your machines, and then you install it on another machine. But how about if they got the process right, and it'd have to use some sort of obviously Dropbox or something else, but it, it could tell you or put you back into the exact position you were on the other Mac. I'm I'm not following you there. Sorry, I'm not describing it correctly. If you are in a uh, a game and you mm -hmm. install a game on one machine, oh, oh, then oh, 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 you then oh, go to okay. another machine and you install the game, but you've played a certain amount of the game on the other uh, on the other Mac, and you come to the uh, next Mac and it actually puts you in the same position as you were on the old Mac. Okay, yeah, well, that's kind of what Steam does. Yeah, fine, that's fine. But how about if the Mac App Store could do it? Well, I guess because well, Steam. Well, you have to remember that that Steam is essentially just games. So. Well, yeah, but um, but that's what I'm saying. I'd I'd want this to be to to be able to be done with with anything, and that you know. But the, I think that's a step, the next step forward for for the process. Yeah, you know, that would 
that would then be very impressive. It's not there yet, but, you know, you're dead right being able to install on, on any uh, uh, Mac that you own. And, you know, you talked about a five-user license, um, what they have in the um, stores at the moment. I have heard people actually installing with their IDs on more than five machines. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you've... If you've bought an application, I think you can install it on as many machines as you as you wish. Um, now, so I, here's a question for you. Here's a question for you. Yeah. How about if I set up a family ID in the iTunes Store or the App Store uh, to buy an application, which um, I give everybody that family account and say, right. You can now go and install that application on any any of the machines with this particular account. So I kind of keep my own account, and I've also got like you know, let's have a family account so anybody can do it. Well, you can you can gift you can gift um, uh, I don't know, not applications, but you can gift money into the store. And cause yeah, but g- do you see do you, do you see what I'm saying about you know about them trusting the way you use the... Now, that I mean, what I've just said, it could be a bit awkward because it's like uh, going into iTunes and having more than one account. But if you have, you know, let's say, let's say you've got kids off at college, for example, mm-hmm. and you want to buy Aperture, for example, and you buy Aperture under an account which you've set up, which is just, you know, a- any old account, what I think you could do is then tell your, you know, your son, daughter, student that's in college somewhere, here's this particular account, here's the details, just go to the app store and you can have Aperture. Yeah, well, all they would have to do is have the, the password. That's for, right. Because it's all tied through to your iTunes account. That, that, yes, you know, but that's, that's what I'm saying. You set up a separate iTunes account just for doing that sort of process. And, you know, I'm not. it's, it's a little bit awkward to run it, and it can be done, but, you know, hey, I'm I'm surprised, you know, that they I'm surprised that if they'd allow that, but I'm sure that you could do it. Well, you you probably could. The best way to probably do that. Wow. Mm. You can't have you can't have multiple. Can you I don't think you can have multiple iTunes accounts on one machine, can you? You, you can, can have multiple libraries. Um you can you can because I've done it with the U.S. account because that was the only way I could get certain U.S. Um, applications when I was doing reviews. Oh, that's true. Huh. Well, I'm, I'm now I'm completely confused. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, it's really easy to install yeah. on multiple, uh, multiple machines if you have access to it under your account. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Mac app store. I, I think that, uh, that this is going to be, uh, another one of those things that brings in a lot of new users that people will, will just kind of say, wow, well, not only can I very easily and safely get applications because you know, all of these apps have been vetted that, you know, there isn't going to be anything wrong with them. The prices are lower than what they were before for most applications. Yeah. yeah. And you can easily install it on as many machines as you have in your house that has ac- access to that same iTunes account. I mean, this is this is a win. Uh, it's absolutely it, it and and going back to what I said before about it, you know, feeling a leech. That's just as I said, my own personal 
view of whenever I open the application. Um, no, I'll never every, forgive every, you for that. No, I sorry. know. Well, but everything you've just <laughs> everything you've just said, I totally agree with it. I mean, it's just you know, and Pixelmator, I believe, have actually said that they are wholeheartedly going over to the App Store now. Yeah, you know, I read that too. Now, the way they're doing it, and you know, this could be deemed a bit cheeky, but it, it's you know, for seven, I think it's seventeen pounds ninety nine. So I'm not, I'm not sure whether that's about thirty. What, for bucks. Pixelmator. For Pixelmator. So I'll tell you here in a second. It, Go ahead. That is one hell of a, an application if you're going to get into, you know, um, messing about with something which is like uh, Photoshop. Like Photoshop, you yeah, know, for could, $30. Well, dollars. You can liken it to Photoshop. It's not as powerful as Photoshop, but no. it's, it's you know, it'll get you started. And for $30, but what they've said is that anybody who currently owns Pixelmator, if you go and buy it again for, you know, that price through the App Store, the next update, which is, because it's currently on version 1.5 or something like that. Yeah, 1.64. Yeah, the next update to version 2 will be a free update for anybody who buys it through, because they want to do all of their transactions through the Mac App Store. Yeah, it saves saves them a lot of money. And a lot of time as well, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, I mean, you know, whether you can deem that as being a bit cheeky of you know paying for an application twice. I mean, there's a few people that are, you know doing that and saying that, um, but it's it's they, they've come out up front and said it and said that's what they're doing, which is you know they're being quite honest about it. Now I don't know how long that price for that particular application will be at that that rate, and that's one thing to yeah. to watch out for. Well, and the other thing, or you could just stick with the version you have until two comes out, and then buy that at the Mac App Store. You know, it's going to be Which, it's going to be kind of probably one of those you know six of one half dozen of another. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be suck it and see. But I, yeah. I, you know, I would expect version two when it does come out will be you know much more expensive. It'll go up to the the sort of price that they um, that you know that you'd be paying. In, in, I'm doing air quotes now. Normally, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The the other thing, the other thing that uh, the Mac App Store brings to the table is very, very easy updates. Any app that you have installed through the Mac App yeah. Store will automatically be updated whenever you open up the application, which I think is fantastic. Now, yeah. one of the things that I would like to see, and this goes along the lines of what we were talking about with Pixelmator, is for applications you already own that's on your hard drive. And believe me, the Mac App Store knows exactly what applications you have on your hard drive um, to be able to update that through the Mac App Store as well. Some of them. Yeah. Or or have, like, say, have a, an, an update price of some nominal amount that... It'll basically you'll install it through the Mac App Store and it'll replace the version that you have, but not be the full price of it. I think that would be a good idea. Yes, that would be a good idea. Yeah, that, I mean, yes, definitely. But I'm not sure whether the uh, the API will allow that at this point in time because a lot of people are, are, are asking that exact thing. Yeah. You know, if the if the likes of um, Pixelmator are going over that that way and they're saying you know pay now and and we will do this that indicates to me that you know an update of something which you already own can't be done now i think they can tell whether you actually own a copy um but it's you know not all of the uh, developers are allowing you then to say okay well um i can see that you own it already you can now install it again through the Mac App Store so that any update There's going. something screwy around here. Yep. So and Are you Gaz, trying to stop me? Yes, I am. <laughs> we we need to we need to take a break. 
So, uh, do you want to say it this time, Gaz? Stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. I love the way you do that. News from the MyMac family of podcasts, Tech Fan, hosted by Tim Robertson and me, David Cohen. If it moves air and it keeps you cool, then this is the podcast for you. We cover ceiling fans, desk fans, swamp coolers and air conditioners. If it's to do about air displacement and you want to geek out on that, then this is right up your street. Hello? Oh, hi, Tim. Yeah, I'm just recording a trailer for the new podcast. What do you mean you've reconsidered the concept? What, you don't want to cover fans anymore? Technology? Well, I suppose, yeah, we know a bit about it. Well, you've been doing it for 20 years or so, haven't you? You want to geek out on technology instead? Well, how are we going to change the name of the show, then? Oh, I see. Fans of technology. Okay, I guess that'll work. You're the boss. Okay, catch you later. Tech fan. It's not about fans, but it is about tech. reason to not listen is if you're sick and we'll expect a note from your mother the g-men on the mymac.com podcast and welcome back to the last segment or at least we hope it's the last segment of the show tonight because much longer than this and you won't be listening anymore it'll be it'll be the next day <laughs> no they we <laughs> It'll be the next day for me. Yeah, well, yeah, no <laughs> doubt about that. Um, today is Tuesday, January 11th, and in New York today, Verizon, which is a U.S.-based cell phone carrier for those who aren't here in the States. Oh, they, <laughs> yeah, this, this is old news for gas and probably not, old news for it, Europe and, and it, many yeah, other parts of the world. Yeah, the, you know. An iPhone on Verizon. That's so five minutes ago. <laughs> more like more like a year and a half ago. <laughs> I mean, you guys, you guys are on what? Orange, AT and T. You have AT and T there? Yeah, we, yeah. No, no, we don't no? have AT and T. Right, well, what are the carriers in the UK that um, carry the iPhone? Oh, crikey! There's O2. We've got, we've got O2, Orange, um, and Vodafone. Okay, there's there's three however, carriers right there. However. Well, there's more than that, to be honest with you, Guy, because you can go into uh, an Apple store, buy an iPhone, and as long as you can get a micro SIM or if you get a SIM card and cut it up, you can use any carrier. Well, as long as they were uh, GSM. They had as to long be as GSM. GSM. As long as they're GSM, yes. Right, right. Yes. Which leads into which, which everybody why... is in, Guy. Yeah, well, not so much here. <laughs> oh. uh, Verizon, and, and we've talked about this on, on previous shows, Verizon uses a, a, a form of, of cell communication called uh, CDMA, which is also used in parts of Africa, and I believe India. in China as well, didn't we? And India. Ste- and India. Yep. So all of, those, all of those carriers that used or uses 
CDMA were out of luck as far as the iPhone goes because prior to today, the only type of iPhone you could get was GSM. And it's it's pretty obvious to me why Apple ended up going with, with AT&T. They were the biggest of the GSM carriers here in the United States. And Verizon was kind of left out there in the lurch because you know, it was incompatible technology. Well, not so much anymore. <laughs> Apple has gone ahead, and apparently they've been talking about this for over a year with Verizon, and they've created a CDMA iPhone. And the announcement today was in New York, as I said. Tim Cook was there at the Verizon event. Tim Cook, the COO? Is he the COO of Apple? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay, he's he's the you know he's the high muckamuck, one of the high muckamucks at Apple. He was there at he's the event. Two. Yeah, yeah. And the the well, co- well, well, almost number two. He could be number three. <laughs> well, he was the one that took over when, when uh, Jobs. Yeah, that's why I didn't need to be number two. To be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically this is the same iPhone as the one sold by AT and T. The only real difference is it's got a CDMA antenna in it. It's not dual band. You cannot get a Verizon iPhone and use it on AT and T's network or any other network that uses uh, GSM. The nope. pricing is exactly the same, one ninety nine for a two year contract with sixteen is that gigs. Which is, can I sorry to interrupt you? Guys. Yeah. Is that something? Is that something that they call tri band? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think okay. that that you know the, the the two the two main technologies for cell phones here in the United States and in other some in most in some other parts of the world too is uh, GSM and CDMA. Now there's a new one coming out called LTE. Uh, which some companies are calling 4G, even though it's not really, but okay. Um, something that, that Verizon is also doing is you can use your iPhone now as a mobile hotspot for up to five devices. You know, it's kind of like a MiFi, I guess, wouldn't it be? Yes, yes, yeah. precisely, precisely. Uh, they are accepting transfers from, my fingers are up now in quotes, old accounts. In other words, AT&T, the customer is responsible for early termination fees. Now, this is something new here in the States, though, of course, as you alluded to earlier, you know, not so much everywhere else. You can now <clears throat> buy it at the full price with no contract. And depending on, you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing that this means that I could go into an Apple store, get a GSM iPhone, and plug in like a T-Mobile, who's also GSM, or, or any other GSM carrier, and put their SIM in it and just use it. Or maybe not. I don't, I, you know, that hasn't really been talked about too much. Yeah, yet. see, Apple haven't said that. I mean, the, the, the announcement today was done by Verizon. Now, yes, there were some Apple people there um, who were obviously just backing up the the good qualities of the iPhone, and it's the fact that it's the same. You know, it's got the... Um, um, the oh, what's the um, the front face? Oh, oh, oh Retina display, yes. Retina display, um, yeah. and you know it was going on same all about phone. that, and the the five megapixel camera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's the same phone, but you know you just surprised me by saying that you can you can buy it at full 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 price with no contract because they've got two product lines now, haven't they? They've got the CDMA phone and the GSM phone. So if you went in, are you sure that you're going to be able to buy the you know um, the 
GSM phone with no contract. Well, see, that's, that's that, what I'm not sure about. Now, I know you can, you can buy... Do that, if you can do that over there, then that, you, you basically go unlocked. Yeah, yeah. You can buy... Now, from what I was reading, you can, you can buy the CDMA <laughs> iPhone with no SIM for the full price with no contract. Right. Okay. Um, whether you can do that with the GSM iPhone, I don't know. And yeah, just, I don't, I don't, as we were talking about, this is when I, that came to mind. I think Apple would, adou- would announce that, to be honest with yeah. you. I think Apple would come out and say, you know, we're now going unlocked with uh, the GSM version. Because yeah. okay, how, how many CDMA carriers are there over there? Uh, there's at least two. I think, I think Sprint is also CDMA. Okay. Okay. I'd have to, I'd have to check. I'm not sure. but I know that there's at least, you know, there's two or three CDMA uh carriers here in the states. So so what a lot of AT&T people I think are hoping is that all of those who uh would much prefer to have a Verizon phone will swap out and go uh, leave AT&T and go over to Verizon and give them a little bit more bandwidth yeah. and and screw up Verizon's network. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then what and then what everybody in Verizon will do is saying crikey it's really bad over it's just as bad as AT&T. All those people are now saying it's really good back over AT&T. I think I'll move back. Yeah, so we can we can play seesaw <laughs> games with uh, with bandwidth for the for the two big carriers yeah. now one of the big differences with going to cdma over gsm is that you will not be able to use it as a phone and access data online at the same time that is a limitation of cdma not a limitation of the iphone because obviously under gsm you can do that very easily Okay, so so I mean, let's let's not hang on this too much because everybody's been you know waiting and knowing what they want to see, and that is to see the iPhone on Verizon. The iPhone is now on Verizon. Here's a question for you. Yeah, Apple possibly are going to have to ramp up production, and it's going to have to be a production line of one type of phone, and then possibly a production stop that production, start the production of the other phone which is the gsm phone what happens and where do you think we'll end up with the next iteration of the iphone iphone 5 well that's an interesting question do you think it'll have (laughs) 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 sorry i didn't blow that one at you out of the blue didn't i no 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 no. um That's actually because I've been I've been going to a lot of tech sites and seeing the back and forth between the the anti fanboys and the fanboys, and it's kind of hard to say exactly how this is going to work because I mean the iPhone four has been out now for what seven eight months, so yeah yeah depending I mean, the, on the expect the expectation is that June ish is when we'll possibly see an iPhone five yeah yeah and. At that point, will the iPhone 5 be – Yeah, I guess as far as Verizon goes, it's going to depend on their, their LTE rollout, how much coverage they have. Because Apple doesn't, at least as far as I know, doesn't seem to want to do a, a multi-band phone. You know, they wanted to say, okay, if you want to use Verizon, here's the CDMA phone. If you want to use AT&T or other carriers, here's the GSM phone. We're not going to sell you a phone – that does both. So what happens when LTE gets rolled out a little bit more? Will there be enough coverage on Verizon's network to say, okay, well, we're not going to do for the iPhone five. We're not going to do CDMA. We're going to do LTE for Verizon. And then I have, a, I have a feeling that 
it's probably going to be the one after this next iteration where you get more of a unification and Verizon might have their LTE, um, which is which is kind of known as, and I'm doing air quotes again, the 4G connectivity, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's going to be kind of hard to say, but that's still, I think that what, will four be or five ne- months that- away. Yeah, I think, yeah, possibly even longer. I think you could be yeah. looking at 2012, uh, 2012. Before the next version of the iPhone comes out? No, 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 no. Before oh. Verizon are happy, you know, I think they're going to give this at least probably 18 months. So they're actually looking possibly, um, it, it, it's pure speculation from someone who's got no connection with an American iPhone at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, for me, it would make sense for them to actually say, "Okay, we're going to live with eighteen months for this phone, and then we we're will using go with CDMA, iPhone. yeah, yeah, using CDMA, and we will go with iPhone six. And by that time, we'll have the coverage that we need yeah. with LTE yeah. to roll it out. Yeah, yeah that yeah. that might make sense. Now, a, a couple of weird things, and, and we're going to end the show here pretty quick. Um, there is no four. Number one, of course, we were saying there's no four G connectivity. And there's not going to be an upgrade promotion, at least for now, if Verizon offers the iPhone 5 when that comes out, assuming that it comes out next summer. Now, the other weird thing is Verizon is saying that some cases and covers that you may have bought for your, we're talking the States, your AT&T GSM iPhone may not work with the CDMA iPhone. So does that mean that there's some differences in the outer hardware? Sounds like it. Yeah, that's that's kind of... Now, when they say it may not work, do, do they say it may not work or does not fit? Well, that's, what I read was may not work. Because may not work and does not fit, for me, is two different things. May not work means that it'll block the signal, does not fit means you can't put it on the device. Hmm. Well, we'll so, probably know more by next week. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you have? Let, let, let's get have off you, this uh, subject. Yeah. Because I'm I'm falling asleep here. Not having a, <laughs> a, a Verizon or AT and T over here. <laughs> do you Do you have a, a, an app recommendation? Um, I do actually. Um, I have more than one Mac. I'm very lucky and fortunate in that scenario. Yeah. Um, um, But very often I like to access those Macs from one of the other machines. Sure. And the uh, screen sharing facility that's built in, um, as long as you uh, facilitate that within system preferences and allow screen sharing to be able to be done on each of your machines, um, it's just very simple to operate. Well, there are times when I'm actually using my iPad that I want to do the same thing and access and just start a few processes off on one of the other machines. And I use, there are a few out there, but the one I use and I quite like is called iTap VNC. Now it's £6.99 or I think it's just under $12. Um, And this particular app is um, an application which allows you to do exactly the same thing. It allows you to screen share and and, um, interact with any Mac that is obviously on. Um, And I, I use it quite often because I'm wandering around the house and rather than Going back to the Mac, I basically, if I've got the iPad with me, I'll uh, just 
boot into the um, ITAP VNC application, uh, link up to the particular Mac that I need to, um, do whatever I need to and go out. Now, obviously, you're, you're working on a much smaller screen, but you can pinch in and, and zoom out and zoom in using the pinch effect with, uh, with the, the iPad. And you can then pull up a keyboard so you can do searches and all that sort of stuff. Um, it is a little bit restrictive, but it allows me to get done what I need to get done. So that's my recommendation. Okay, well, that sounds like it's pretty cool. Mine is, is from this company called Echo One. It's File Juicer. Uh, it's, oh, let's see. Oh, it's not going to tell me how much it is. Oh, here it is, $17.95. And what this does, uh, you, you open up this application, and if you have text or an image or, you know, basically anything on your computer, you can drop it into this little window and it will. Put it wherever it is you told it to go in a separate little folder for each type of file that it is that you dropped into it. So, you know, JPEGs or PNGs or text files or picked files, flash, movies, whatever it is, it'll put it into a, a separate little folder for you to find later. And uh, now I wasn't able to try this, but it says it, it can also help you if you have damaged files or erased files to, you know, kind of bring those back to life. But it was a cool little program. I tried it out. I really liked it. It's from Echo One, and it's File Juicer. Cool. And uh, I think we are we are hitting way past we, what we want to do. So let's go ahead and give we, our contact we, information. Yeah, we are hitting way past my bedtime. <laughs> it's getting late. It's getting late. <laughs> Gaz, if people wanted to get a hold of you, how the hell would they do it? Well, I do, you know, I don't know why they'd want to speak to me because I'm, you know, just some silly old Brit. But you can <laughs> contact me at, at uh, gaz at mymac.com or you can interact with with me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash gazmaz. And, and I believe people can contact you as well, Guy. Well, yeah, but it kind of falls into the same category. I'm just the <laughs> silly Floridian. Uh, I can be reached at guy at mymac.com. And, uh, you know, I've gathered quite a quite a number of of uh twitter followers over the last four or five months i was really kind of surprised but it's twitter.com forward slash mac parrot <laughs> and of course we have our can, phone can number I just, can i just jump in there because yeah i think you've just created a new skyfi um alien race i did yeah floridians yeah <laughs> well oddly enough um you know, I make fun of people from Florida, and I can because I'm from Florida. Um, I, I really like the area, but there are some really, really weird, weird people <laughs> down there. And I actually got an email. I'm saying nothing. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't an email. It was an iTunes comment it's calling me a racist because I made fun of people from Florida. And that kind of tells you a lot right there about some of the people from Florida. It's like, really, people from Florida constitute a different race. Okay. All right. I like Floridians. <laughs> and if you want to uh if you want to call me and let me know that I'm a Floridian racist, you can dial 703 our Skype number 703-436-9501. And uh, or, or they can also send in um, feedback oh, yeah. to feedback at mymac.com. Yeah, that's what Katia did when she was having problems. 
Cool. And I think Tracy did that as well. Hey, so, go, Gaz, I'm, th- this has been such a long show, and it'll be even longer by the time I finish it. it. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, You're welcome. I don't think I'm going to be on the show next week, so I'll be in travel mode. To Next week. Is it next? Oh, okay. oh, no. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I would have thought it had been the week after. It is the know, week after if that. If you don't want to come on next week, that's fine. I'll no, do I'll be here next week. I'll be here next week. I swear, I swear I to care. God. I don't No, it's fine. <laughs> I'll be here. I'll be here. And now you're just going to not go on. You're just not going to go on Skype, right? Just to, just, just to just spite me. Turn up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to do it by myself. <laughs> So, anyway, uh, everyone, thanks so much for listening and downloading the show. Please, please, if you get a moment, go to iTunes. And and I'm not so sure if we want to have them rate the show based on what we've been doing tonight. But, you know, you you take the good with the good. So, thanks again, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Good night, Gaz. Good night, Guy. Thanks for downloading the MyMag.com podcast. Please send all feedback to feedback at mymac.com or call our Skype number and leave a message. The phone number is 703-436-9501. If you enjoyed the mymac.com podcast, make sure you check out the other family of podcasts, all from mymac.com and all free on iTunes, including The Geekiest Show Ever, App Minute with Sam Levin, and Tech Fan with Tim Robertson. And welcome back. Guy, how's Garage yeah. Band handling? Oh, 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 oh! Well, you just had to go there. <laughs> well, I did. So, yes. so far, so far, so good. Oh, uh, wow. It it has not crashed tonight. Uh, I I took now <laughs> for, for anyone that's that's still following this this tale of woe, of mine, <laughs> uh, and it just did it. Just now, it just did it. Son of a! You have to start again. You are kidding me. No, I'm not kidding you. It just did it right now. I, I pissed it off. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Let me see where we stand. You know what? We can turn that into a bit. Speedy Sam, while exploring a cave, had what I'd call a very close shave. He stepped on a bear that had dozed off in there, and Sam's glad that he's faster than brave. <laughs>